Blog Talk Radio. Up dead on the shore in Maryland. 
Well, you'd figure the oil would have would have gone there, and with the weather and everything, I'm not that surprised that there's aftermath. It gets absorbed yeah. somewhere into the atmosphere, and it kills the birds. It, it affects us, too. It's just we don't feel it, but they say dead birds is the first sign that there's something there that can be affecting humans. Well, I mean, I haven't heard that, but that doesn't make sense. But, again, I don't know. Some, it just seems very, very weird. I and the problem is, me being a 9-11 survivor, I don't believe, unfortunately, you know, the early releases of what they say, you know, what the, no. the official, you know, explanations are, because I believe they're trying to keep everybody calm and, you know, not alarm anybody, you know. So even if the and if they had, you know, living proof somehow that there was some major, um, you know, lack of oxygen that began killing every species in this world, they wouldn't tell us. <laughs> no, they us. wouldn't, uh, because they'd be afraid they'd be fired from their job or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, they, get, they say when the world's coming down, you make the best of what's still around. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's true. So, so you know, I kind of take it all with a grain of salt as far as what the official release and announcements are. But it is very what curious, and what a way to start the new though? year. What? In the Bible, though, I've heard something about dead birds, that there were dead birds happening in the old countries. In the, in the Bible, it was documented at some point it was some kind of sign from God when all these oh. dead birds fell from the sky. I don't know the Bible that well, but have you heard that? It's very familiar. Yeah, I don't I don't know the Bible that well either, um, and I don't know. I mean, it very likely could be, but I'm not familiar with that either. Mhm. I don't know. Um, Frank, have you heard that? Uh, there are several passages in the Bible that uh, actually do uh, talk about exactly that. Um, if you give me a few moments, I can actually find a bunch of them. Oh, okay. That would be uh, interesting. Well, I have heard that, about the, the dead birds, right, Frank, falling from the sky? Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelation okay. talks about it uh, in particular. Um, okay. Just give me one moment here, actually. I... Um, I just saw something earlier today about that. I know there was an article. (laughs) There was an article that I think the examiner um, wrote regarding that. I didn't read it, but somebody had sent me an email with a link to it. So I don't know if that's what you were referring to, or if there was something else. It's it's from a different website. There's there are several places in the Bible where they talk about, for example, Ezekiel. 3820, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, every creature that moves along the ground and the people on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground. Now, later on, um, uh, there's another quote here. uh, I will sweep away both men and animals, uh, sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Uh, There's... um, Ah, oh, jeez, I can't find it right now. I remember seeing one about the word being received by the birds in mid-flight. Um, it's uh, there's there's several places, um, but I mean, we've already had so many people give uh, give uh, viable explanations for this. I mean, it, it's um, it's 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 interesting to consider because none of them really make sense. Otherwise, it would be a much more of a standard occurrence, I would think, than it is now. Mm. Well, apparently it's happened before, and that's why it was documented in the Bible, because I didn't read the examiner or anything. I remember when that I had heard this many, many years ago. 
Absolutely. About God about giving people a sign for some reason when these, or like 500 then, I think it was, dead birds from the sky. What you have to worry about is not birds falling from the sky. If there's, uh, if there's frogs, then we're, we're kind of screwed. But, um, oh, frogs, frogs but are locusts. Birds. Yeah, birds, birds okay. are fine. Frogs, we're done for. Which actually happened, by the way, in New Zealand. Uh, there was an incident where uh, frogs were actually raining from the sky because of a storm which displaced them, and uh, people mistook that for another sign of the apocalypse. That was back in the mid-'90s. I think in the days when they wrote the Bible, they saw these things that happened because of the weather conditions, and they uh, assigned meanings to them. So that these things have been happening since the beginning of time, but now we have more scientific interpretations. In those days, they had mystical interpretations. Well, absolutely. Most, huh? uh, most of the uh, passages in, in um, most of the myths, I mean, they're, they're, they're expl- explanations for the planetary movements and whatnot. I mean, look at the Greek, Roman, and Nordic gods. The, uh, the reason why we have the names of the days of the week are because of the gods that they thought were running through the sky, the fastest being Mercury, which is the planet which is moving faster through the sky. I mean, of course you make explanations for uh, for natural occurrences, but um, I, I would be afraid that we would be doing that now by reading so much into the birds and the fish and, and whatnot and uh, looking for something fantastic or beyond when, well, it could, it could be, if not natural, something very terrestrial. So who knows? Yeah. Probably. And the fact that we're still here means that if it happened 2,000 years ago and, and the human race survived, whatever it is, we have to assume at least uh, that, that the human race will survive another 2,000 years. Well, I guess time will tell. I uh, don't know if it will be us sitting here talking about it, but we'll certainly find out soon if this is the beginning of something bigger or if this is just a fluke um, you know, situation that's going on, or if they will come up with some um, sound and accurate um, reasons why this is happening. I just found the timing very, very interesting of this. But since so much is happening in one or two states, um, you know, maybe it is something, um, you know, biological or, you know, I mean, I've heard them say things like, you know, storms or, um, fireworks, as far as with the birds and things of that nature, but I guess time will tell. But I mean, some of these passages from the Bible, <clears throat> I mean, isn't it? Aren't they written in such a way saying that when this happens, it's not a good a good sign that something um, you know negative is going to be happening after these signs start occurring? Is that not true? Yes, that does usually a sign that that humanity somehow disappointed God, at least, you know, in our Bible, with one God, and and therefore God sends this sign, and then next something else happens if if we don't heed the warning. Mm. Well, maybe we'll heed the warning and, um, you know, bypass any more <laughs> any more weird things happening. But it was a very interesting way to start the new year, um, reading some of these yeah. news stories. And I could imagine the people that, you know, live in the areas where the birds are dropping from the sky or, you know, massive amounts, amounts of fish are dying must be really, you know, it must be scary. 
It really must. I mean, I know it's if, usually, if I... though, in a very rural area, just like UFO landings, they don't pick the middle of New York City. Only the terrorists pick that. Uh, these <laughs> extraterrestrial uh, beings, whether they're spiritual or otherwise, they seem to always pick Arkansas, Utah, Nevada, you know, secluded areas, because th- well, that would make sense. This way there's room for them to land. Well, there's more and more sightings in, in metropolitan areas. I mean, you know, on Frank's show, he talks a lot about um, a lot of these, you know, sightings. And, I mean, there's been a lot going on in New York. I mean, a lot that I don't even hear about either. Right, Frank? Maybe we don't notice it. That's what it is because it's so busy where they notice it in the more rural areas. I mean, there's just been a lot on the East Coast, it seems, lately, Um yeah, I, I I don't know that they're selective anymore. I, mean, I think you're right in the past. I mean, there was a lot in New Mexico. There was a lot in more remote areas. But it seems like more and more reports of UFOs in more populated areas. But it's true. I mean, really, where would they land, you know, if they're, <laughs> they're planning to come down in the middle of New York City? Um, you know, the heliport I don't think is going to handle their you know, uh, their landing site very well, but who knows? <laughs> okay, maybe LaGuardia or Kennedy? They, uh, they could, that's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm sure I that would handle it just fine. Um, that would be and a they good excuse for delays. <laughs> that would probably be the only real good excuse, um, you know, rather than just uh, congestion or bad weather or whatever. I remember yeah, when the I was... the birds almost killed the people when they, when they landed in the hospital. I mean, thank God nobody died. Everybody survived without serious injuries. But I remember that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's true. I know, really weird stuff. But, you know, let's hope that um, they have... They come up with a, a, a viable explanation for exactly what's going on. And... Maybe um, the prophecy of 2012 will turn out to be a lot of hogwash. Wouldn't that be something else? Wouldn't that be something else? I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine about it the other day, and she went into this whole long dissertation, how it's going to be a spiritual awakening and not anything more. And there's a million, zillion people out there, I'm sure, that believe the same thing. And if we could truly transform the way we're thinking um, and the way we handle things, it certainly could change the outcome of any prophecy. I mean, that's what life's all about. I mean, your outer world is always a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So on that note, um, I don't know if Julie's back from her vacation. I don't see her on the line. Julie, are you there? No, maybe she's oh, still Julie. away. Hey, maybe. Frank is there. I know. So, Frank, you were out of town. I, I uh, no, I was actually in town, um, underneath a big pile of snow. Ah, so you got snowed in. Oh yes, yes, I got snowed in. Uh, went to visit my parents and stayed there quite a bit underneath a whole lot of snow. New York got well, hit oh, pretty yeah. bad. The city was yeah. terrible, and the Poconos yeah. got nothing. I heard they made snow, and then it rained and washed away even the snow that they made. I know. We had, like, I would say less than an inch. We had all the wind and everything, but I could only imagine that it was so much worse by you guys, um, mm-hmm. you know, being on the coast. I mean, we had, like, they did nothing. Yeah, they did not declare a uh, snow emergency, so all of the uh, emergency paths, it was it was pandemonium. We don't need to go into it too much, but it was uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad here. Bad decisions made uh, about that, but... um. 
sort of brought the city to a standstill for, for days. It was horrible. But, well, how um, much snow did they actually have in New York City? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know the exact inches. All I can know is when I looked out my window, I saw about eight-foot-high drift uh, on the houses across the street from me. And hmm. cows, uh, cars, cows, jeez. There's no way to put uh, it in the city. That's the bad thing. What's that? There's no way to put it. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, if if they de- did declare an emergency the de- the day before the storm, like they did back in February, then you wouldn't have cars diagonally parked in like the snow zones. But I mean, uh, that's not what was done. So it was uh it was rough. It was a rough time over here. Well, it uh, did, it, but it got warm the past few days, right? In New York, yeah, because yeah, it was, it was in like you know the forties here and. You know, it was everything, the little that we had here melted. I mean, do you guys still have a lot of snow? We still have a reasonable uh, No, no, it's, it all melted. It, it was rain mostly. In the city, though, in, in Queens, yeah, there still is some, yeah, that hasn't been swept away. Nobody did anything. They say that was because of the unions uh, fighting the cuts. I mean, that's bizarre, though, that they did not no, uh, put a state of emergency. There. Yeah, that is bizarre because that could have been controlled by the mayor. And he didn't well, do it. So who knows? Maybe the unions well, paid him not to do it. I don't know, but that is bizarre because he's not on that side at all. He's on the side of wealth and power and, you know, and, and, and he didn't respond as he should have. Well, are they talking about that in the New York papers? Yes. Oh. And talking. And talking. <laughs> yeah, well, and very little probably gets done. Well, hopefully, I know around here they're expecting more snow later this week. I think on Thursday or tomorrow. I'm not sure even what days, but coming up, I don't know if it's a lot of snow or not. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, I did. What are they expecting? Do you know? Well, in Chicago, and towards the Gulf states, you know, they're expecting, uh, I don't think it's as much as we got in New York, but they're talking about some snow. Oh, really? Well, it would be nice if we got some snow here. I know it's getting colder here. I mean, it was so warm over the weekend, and it's been cooling off. Well, I guess time will tell in the um, next couple days how much snow. But I did see it on the weather report. I just didn't have time to really listen to what it, exactly what was going on. But hopefully everybody's safe, and ho- hopefully everybody will stay safe, and hopefully we'll stay warm if it does get cold, because it's been like bitter cold here um, prior to the past few days that warmed up. I mean, basically we were, you know, in the single dig- digits most of the day and night. I mean, I know it's more it's colder here than it is by you, but you're still like having probably 20 degree weather. Um, is that true? Is it that cold there in New York? At night. Yeah. At Nothing night. Yet. Yeah. Well, I hope you all stay warm, and since Julie isn't here, I guess I will tell you a little bit about how to reach us, because the phone lines are open, so please give us a call at 646-381-4141 to speak with me and Dr. Jean. We're here to answer all your questions. Again, the number is 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember that if you don't get on the air tonight, please send your question to us at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. 
Um, each week, Dr. Gina and I will be selecting a few questions to answer live on the air. This week, actually, I didn't have any time to dig up um, the mailbag questions, but so far, um, I'm not sure if we're having any switchboard issues or what, but so so far, the phone line seems to be quiet. So if you're listening, this is a good night to call in because we were not going to have any mailbag questions, and we were going to jump right into taking calls since the past few weeks we've been turning away so many callers. But if there are no mail, if there are no callers calling in soon, then I'm going to let uh, Dr. Jean and Frank chat for a little bit, and I'll go dig up some questions. What do you guys think about that? Fine. Yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> idea. Are we having tr- technical problems again, though? Because I don't know. It's only right now, and then they all disappeared. So that's what like usually it. happens. No, that's what yeah. usually happens. That at least we got the callers calling in, but right now it's just Frank, um, you, and Paula sitting there waiting for the calls. So again, if your call, if you're listening, we're waiting for your call at six four six three eight one four one four one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the um, Skywatch report in a minute. I'm going to go. I'm going to sort of check out for a little bit, and I'm going to go to my server and try to pull down a few mailbag questions. And I'll send it out to you guys just in case the phone lines are quiet tonight or just in case we are having some technical issues. But it's now time for Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website, skymckenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the Energy Report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning Sunday, January 2nd, 2011. Happy New Year, everybody. The winds of change are really blowing strong now, and we all have a brand new, fresh start ahead of us. Can't you feel it? This first week of the year definitely heats up and gets things moving with big bursts of intense energy, starting on January 4th with the very big event of the week, the new moon solar eclipse at 1 a.m. Pacific Time and mid-Capricorn. And this particular eclipse energy will be with us for at least the next six months. Eclipses always present us with an intensified energy that shifts our lives permanently. And really, there's a finality to any actions we take or words we speak on any eclipse day, including this one. So for the very best results, and as much as possible, we need to stay connected with our positive thoughts and our positive feelings and our positive actions. And since this particular eclipse is taking place in ambitious Capricorn, it's offering us the opportunity to evaluate and reevaluate our ambitions and our goals, as in we should have some new ones, don't you think? Also, this is a really momentous year for eclipse energy, because while there are usually two solar eclipses in any given year, this year, in 2011, we're actually going to have four. So to say that this is a year for surprises and changes for all of us would be an understatement. And also on the day of this solar eclipse, Jupiter is conjunct Uranus and Pisces. Venus squares off with Neptune, but she also makes a very juicy trine to that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. And this is a very big opportunity for luck and amazing breakthroughs for us. And this is also a time of great opportunity to free ourselves from any old dusty chains that bind us to the past. 
and to assist us will be offered startling new understanding and information about any confining situations in our lives. We should all also be ready for surprises and be ready for sudden endings and new beginnings and even a couple of exciting aha moments. However, one caveat might be to resist reaching out for too many bright, sparkly, shiny objects and overspending for them, because we'll want to do that. But there will be luck and opportunity to attract love and money. It's all on our side now, and we could even find it easier to connect with the resources and abundance for those things that we want and desire. Then on Wednesday, January 5th, Venus will square off with the asteroid Chiron, and that may bring up old memories for healing. And we may also have the opportunity to make adjustments to relationships and or to finances. Then on Friday, January 7th, the ambitious Capricorn Sun will square off with Saturn and Libra, and will be offered yet another opportunity to resolve and complete any old wounds that may have been brought up to us on January 5th when Venus squared off with Chiron. This energy may bring the necessity to us to deal with matters of the heart, or any of our significant relationships, and the opportunity to deal with those things with fairness and honesty and responsibility. But above all, it's important for us to be honest with ourselves now. Finally, and also on Friday, January 7th, Flirty Venus moves into fun-loving Sagittarius, and we will be ready for adventure. Our moods will lift, and we'll be ready to go for the gusto, finally. Now this week, I want to talk about how each sign may experience this new moon solar eclipse. And as always, this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, career changes may come to you during this eclipse period over these next few months. It's all about your career and your success. So watch for obstacles that have been in your path to be removed, and maybe in very surprising ways. Taurus, your world can expand in very surprising and very large ways, and you may also be given the opportunity for education that will open doors for you and your job down the road. You may also find yourself taking some unexpected and fun trips. Gemini, watch for increase in your finances and shared resources, and set goals that will assist you to expand your resources. Partnerships of all kinds can bring surprising opportunities to you as well. Cancer, partnerships of all kinds will expand your world, and new partnerships may enter your life in surprising ways, and existing partnerships can also offer startling surprises that bring newness to your life. Leo, your daily routine, health, and fitness can get a very big boost now. Surprises with co-workers around the job can also open some doors for you. And do take advantage of this energy to get a jump start on your fitness routine. It can open your life in surprising ways. Virgo, romance and relationships can be exciting and even surprising. And it's just a great time for love. While creativity can also ratchet up your life now. So be ready to enjoy. Scorpio, you can receive some unexpected and surprising communication and also be surprisingly lucky. Your mind and your thoughts are very active and very accurate. Sagittarius, new avenues of money and finances can come to you in surprising ways, so be ready to think outside the box and keep your mind open to new, unusual possibilities. Capricorn, you're ready to make personal changes now, and in a very big way, and this eclipse energy is here to assist you. Be sure you have some goals, because you can reach them now. Aquarius, your intuition is right on target. Answers that you've needed will come to you now, and probably in surprising ways. It may also mean letting something end so something new can take its place. Pisces, new opportunities come to you from friends or groups. Get clear on your hopes and wishes and try something fresh and new. It can be very exciting and very expansive. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymechanna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. 
It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report. To learn more about Sky, please visit our website at skymckenna.com. That's S-K-Y-E-M-A-C-K-E-N-N-A.com. Or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link that will take you directly to her website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m., uh, Pacific Time on Achieve Radio, and that's AchieveRadio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. Um, well, listen, guys, I'm just on my server right now. I'm looking at, I'm reading some of the questions. I'm trying to pick a uh, couple of real juicy mailbag questions. So can you guys sort of chat a little bit while I finish this? I'll need another couple of minutes. Why not? Is Frank still around? I am around. Are you going to email those to me, uh, Lady Fontaine? Yes. Yes, right. I will, in just a couple minutes, all right? I got it open. I, I'm right. actually looking at one. I have one that I picked out. I'm just skimming the other ones. You know, for these kinds of questions, I like, um, you know, things that tell a story rather than just, you know, what are the next six months going to be like for love for me? Um, you know, for yeah. the questions that we come up for, um, for the mailbag questions, we like things that really tell a story. So I have the first one already picked out. I'm looking at a couple other ones. And, you know, like I said, give me about another two to three minutes. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's some catching up you guys can do. Oh, certainly we can. Let's see, <laughs> Frank. Uh, well, now that Frank is here and Julie isn't, uh, I don't know, should we tell him uh, our fantasies Ooh, yeah, about go, Julie go. Is being away at the same time? Now that one of them's here and the other one isn't, uh, now, I, I, you know, I don't know if we have to make a new fantasy about Julie. What do you have to say, Frank? I have to say that I'm absolutely clueless as to what you're talking about. Um, okay, okay. You well, then you and Julie fantasy? are both sick at the same time. You're both out at the same time very often. I okay. mean, more than coincidence. So this time you're here and Julie isn't. But we have our own fantasies about you and Julie. Going somewhere. Uh, both and I, I just show. have to jump in because I, I'm listening as I'm reading this stuff. I started it, not Jill, but you did, you, you know. <laughs> well, it's just, it is odd. For as long as we've been doing the show, Frank and Julie have taken vacations at the same time. Um, so when you were away last week, we just found it, a, both of you were off, and we just found it a bit suspicious that um, you you guys were vacationing separately we were under the assumption that you guys were truly you know uh, having some sort of secret rendezvous and i guess the clincher is that julie had told me oh somewhere along the way she uh, she said when we got when we were filming at uh, that location in new york she said um, oh and frank and i really bonded so it just sort of added to the um mystery or the fantasy as dr cirillo said um, of truly what's going on between Julie and Frank. Well, yeah. uh, 
unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, destroy the rife uh, fantasy lives of uh, everyone oh. involved and burst oh. that particular bubble because I was busy in Louisiana shooting birds down from the sky with Aha, my high-energy uh, rifle with backwards-engineered UFO technology. So, sorry. We knew it. We knew it. Busy. We have the... Um, the UF pe- UFO people listening to this right now, so they're going to know that you're misusing this brand new technology. <laughs> and they're going to come and sweep you away. Well, uh, at, at least uh, at least there will be no uh, romantic misinformation to the masses. However, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have my two. I have my two uh, questions here picked out. So, and I just um, neither of them wanted the right names. So, I'm hoping that I caught all the name changes here, and that I didn't screw anything up. Um, I'm just re- scanning them just to be sure that I didn't. Um, all right. I'm going to send this out to both of you. And these look like really good questions, really, really good questions. Okay. One is about, one. it's on its way. One is about money and in a relationship, and the other one is about um, the mother of um, the person that they're dating. So both are interesting topics that we haven't really discussed much in recent, well, I don't think we've ever discussed um, these particular topics. So you'll see. Frank will read us the questions. So I have them. The first one. And has anybody it. come through All on right. the switchboard yet, though? Or, or are we still quiet on the switchboard? Oh, we have a few callers. I do not have access to the switchboard tonight, unfortunately. Uh, I could not log in. All right. Um. Are you ready for the letter? Yes. All right. Starts off, my boyfriend and I have been together now for almost two years. We are talking about marriage, and I know this is going to be the one. However, I have no, I have one large nagging problem. When we met, he was my boss of sorts, and we became friends. I received promotion to an equal position as him and moved to another store in the company. We missed each other and started to get together after work and later dating. We both realized quickly that we had a great thing and spent all the time and effort needed to nurture the thing into a perfect loving relationship. Great, right? The relationship is not the problem. At first he, Josh, seemed to understand that I didn't have a lot of money. When I began working with him, I only made 21000 a year and had to, move, I had to work two other part-time jobs to make enough to live on. But with my promotion, I was doing much better, had doubled my income, and was able to buy a fairly nice car. We each lived our own simple, in our own simple overpriced apartments, and I guess he assumed our income was similar. This is not true. We are paid on a sales-related bonus plan, not a commission. Nothing I can control, just overall sales. Well, to get to the point, 
he works in the second highest grossing store. I work in one of the lowest, which means this is his own income more than doubles mine to this day. At the start, he always paid for expensive meals, weekend getaways, frivolous things. We paid our own bills, rent, personal belongings, and split the less extravagant fun costs. One weekend, he took me to a nearby resort for the uh, for the weekend. We had discussed and decided to go, but I assumed he was picking me. He was picking up the tab. No! Exclamation point. After the weekend, he handed me the bill and asked when he was going to get the check for my half. I feel awful and stuck. I wrote him the check. It gets worse. We decided six months ago that it was time to get serious. We moved into a huge, beautiful apartment, bought all the furniture and fixings together, and made a home. The problem is he now always expects half of everything. In a way, this is fair. I eat half the food, use half the electricity, watch half the cable, etc. But I feel constantly forced into some expenses. He cannot see that although my car payment is the same as his, it's twice as much money for me. Same for everything. I feel that it is fair to ask half, but I also feel that when I am constantly worried about bouncing checks, and he has thousands in both his checking and banking accounts, that it's not really a good balance. I suggested each putting three quarters of our money into an account together to use for bills in common and keeping the rest of per- for personal money, but he said, no, 50-50 in everything is best. Now we are talking about getting married. He knows my income as I do this, but I am worried uh, about the finances. How can I, if I should even make this fair? Sorry for the long note, Stella in Brooklyn, New York. You know, this is really a good question, and and Dr. Dean, I'm going to defer to you from a psychological perspective. Um, if, if you have any statistics or anything on how how finances can really mess up relationships, I mean, it sounds like a trivial issue on the surface, but I believe it's a it has the potential of really destroying a relationship if they don't get this resolved before they well, actually get married. What do you think? Money can money can cause real harm when there really isn't enough, when somebody's starving, when they can't pay basic bills. But this is a perfect example where money is used for something else. And in this case, this guy, he was her boss, he's very much into control. And if he demands that she pay half and that they have this high living style, you know, if he wanted such a high lifestyle, he should have taken on a little bit more. But if he didn't and he still wanted the lifestyle, then she's constantly squeezed. And I don't think it's an accident. I hate to say it. But when he said he wanted her half of something and she was shocked, and that was before they moved in together, that should have been a real red flag that things weren't going to get any better with him if you had more invested. Things were going to get worse. And if he's keeping her expenses up so high I get the sense of, like, let's say a big corporation that can lower their fees and everything, so they price out the little corporation. The little corporation goes out of business, and they can take it over. He's pushing her so that she can't have any cushion to be free to leave him if she wanted to or to have her own money, and and he's controlling the situation. Even if he is paying half, it's a half that he's comfortable with, and she's not comfortable. I don't Correct. think it's an accident. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Real issue. 
I agree with that and even as well. If they had equal money, this side of his personality isn't going to go away. Right, and and I feel the the sort of like the critical aspect here is two two things. One being, um, you know, so she says that she's, you know, that each of them should put the three quarters of their earnings into an account and pay bills, which still is, you know, um, for her a, a manageable amount rather than just paying everything 50-50. And he says, no, just the sheer fact, like you're saying, him being so controlling, that shouldn't be the end of the story because he says no. It should be the beginning of, of further discussions for them. It, it, because what concerns me here is I feel this is just the beginning of a pattern that they're going to find out in this relationship. And I believe it's in other things that she's just not letting herself see yet. And that's that it's his way or it's no way. And that truly concerns me, but what more concerns me here is the other area that you hit on is that he's, I feel the same way, he's intentionally putting her in a situation where she she doesn't have the freedom and doesn't have the finances to be able to easily walk away from a relationship. What I'm most concerned about here is that he's aware of how much she makes, and he's still making these very huge demands on her, and let's face it, in most relationships, wouldn't you want to be involved with somebody who nurtures you and supports you and wants to, you know, do things that are going to better, help you better yourself rather than put yourself in a situation that it's going to strip you of all your, you know, finances and your sanity and peace of mind? Um, right. Well, that's what a generous person would do. Now, let's say even he's, it's even worse than that because if he's not – innately generous let's say he's someone who grew up poor where he realized that if you don't force the other person to pay half they're not going to pay anything that's what he experienced whether it's true or not then he has to accept that she can only afford and since they're partners they can only afford a lesser lifestyle that he as well as her is not going to have the beautiful apartment and the fancy car and whatever it is because they can't afford it. And the only option is for him to pay a little more if he's not willing to do that. But it's interesting. He won't give up the lifestyle. That's where the, the manipulative and the controlling part of him comes in, that he's not only not generous and nurturing, but he's almost deliberately putting her at the edge of the cliff so that if one thing goes wrong, like she loses her job or something happens or she gets sick, she can't keep her half, then he's completely in control, and she has no cushion to fall back on. That's what I really don't like here. I see that as, as a sign that could be even a precursor to abuse. And that's scary. But um, yeah. I'm, truly from a psychic perspective, um, I, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's, it, it just doesn't feel like a easy-flowing, um, supportive no relationship period to me it feels to me to be very controlling and very much his way and i feel she bites her tongue with everything and really doesn't have true input into not just this situation but i feel if she really looks at it honestly the majority of situations in their relationship so for for stella i sincerely hope that she really looks at their relationship as a whole before she, you know, makes any decisions one way or the other. I mean, 
um, you know, if the relationship works for her and she chooses to stay in the relationship, I feel she has to be aware and um, expect more or less that things are going to be going his way. She's not going to have equal. He wants 50-50 as far as um, paying bills, but he doesn't want 50-50 as far as her input into the relationship or things that are going on into the, in the relationship. And if Stella can live with that, then as far as not having full input into the relationship or her feelings or desires being considered equally, then, um, you know, if she can live with that, then this is just something she's going to have to adjust with as far as always being, um, you know, in sort of like the underdog in the in finances within this relationship. Or I'm hoping um, if she's listening to the show tonight, she's going to see that there's perhaps more areas that she should look into. I mean, fundamentally, the guy feels like other than this financial thing and the controlling thing, I feel the man has genuine feelings for her. I really do. And I do yeah, he's feel afraid to lose her if he equalizes things or the balance. He wants to keep the balance of power in his favor, and usually very insecure people do that. They feel that mm. nobody can really love them or stay Good with point. them voluntarily, so they have to bully the person into having no other choice. And it's very bad. To, uh, marriage makes that worse. It never makes it better. Right. That's what my concern mm. is. So, so what do you? Could you come up with a? A fix. I mean, you know, uh, you know. To me, they they need outside help. They need somebody. He to... won't fix him. I, I don't even think outside help could fix him because this is character traits. I I my suggestion would be not to get in deeper with him. You know, he's okay to date, but I I don't think this is a good person to be married to unless somehow. The only thing would be, let's say, if he lost his job, if something happened to him where temporarily he was dependent on her, and mm. then she had to, he would see the difference between a generous, nurturing person and someone who just says, well, where's your half, or you're no good. Maybe mm. it might knock some uh, humility into him, but <laughs> that's not something you should wish on anybody. And, no. You know, I think that he's got a lot of his own issues, and, and it <laughs> This is, you know, if he if she leaves him, he's going to find another woman who's at or about the same kind of level. And the way to make it fair would be, let's say if she wasn't working, okay, the person with more money has more power. In all relationships except lesbians, that's how it is. The one with more money has more power, but often women in that position don't have to go to work. Okay, the guy calls the shots, but he also pays the bills. In this case, she's giving her half. And she's not getting her half back because she's insecure and he isn't. The only other thing is to lower their lifestyle, to to live low enough that he can save, but she can save too. Um. So so I mean, from so her what the the, the approach? What what's the advice? I mean, I hear what you're saying. So, but how does she come? How does she get to that point? Because Maybe I'm thinking it's going to be hard to do. Help and, That's and, what I'm you know, thinking. Even, yeah. I, I feel even like they need somebody to guide them. Counselor. If he won't okay. go to a therapist, okay. then go All right. to a But I feel they need counselor. somebody to lay this out because I just yes. don't feel that she's got enough of a say in this relationship right. to right. be able to get him or influence him enough to get him to the point where he'll where they'll find any middle ground. So, so, so Stella, I think... Yes. 
Exactly. So I think Dr. Cirillo and I both are feeling the the same thing. See if you can um, get, you know, I mean, I would like to see, you know, a counselor and a, you know, financial planner or something like that involved. But if you can at least start and get him, um, you know, with the financial planning um, aspect, that would be a, a great start. We're trying yeah, to weed he through won't this go problem. To a counselor. In my sense, is he won't go to a counselor because he knows deep down inside that he's not being fair. Right. Okay. That's a good point. And hopefully, you know, um, keep working this guy. You know, maybe you can reach him, but I'm hoping that you can get him to go into counseling, um, you know, eventually to work through this issue because um, I don't feel it's going to magically change, and I feel you're in for more of what you've got. All right, next letter. Okay. What I'm dealing with here is an 18-month relationship with a woman 16 years younger than me. I'm 46, she's 30. I treat her with a lot of respect and am always there when she needs me. And she is always there for me, too, up until this point. Prior to what happened, our relationship seemed 50-50. Her mother, who is in bad health, has decided that I'm controlling, possessive, insensitive, lacking all social manners, and has told this girl that if she ever thinks about marrying me, she will not approve, and if she gets pregnant by me, she'll be disowned. I feel this is totally wrong. My parents would not do this to me, and I'm at a loss to understand. She and I are happy with each other. At least that's what she tells me. She says she loves me more than you know, but cannot be but cannot be torn anymore. She says she wants to be friends, and maybe someday things can be different. She says she does not want her mother to die resenting me, because that would make her resent me. She also says she cannot function without her family relationship and needs space and time. What's strange is her mother doesn't have a problem, or so she says, with us being friends and going to a movie now and then. I'm totally confused. What are your thoughts on the matter? Fred. Oh, boy. Um, this this is a real tough one because I, I feel um, the, the the woman, and I don't believe that that there's a name for this woman, you know, that they gave a name, but I, I kind of feel that either she has to step up to the plate and um, resist her mom, but I feel the pressure on her with her mom is so overbearing that she just can't do it. She just can't. She can't step out of the shadow of her mom and what her mom wants her to do. So, you know, what I really feel here is that she's giving up a great man and a great potential in a relationship, um, you know, with her mom. And it's it's going to happen with every man. It's not just that yeah. her mom doesn't like this man for this particular relationship, but it's going to happen with every single man. So at some point she's going to have to start stepping up to the plate and, you know, resisting her mom's influence and pressure. Otherwise, she's going to end up alone. Dr. Jean? Yeah, I would think so, too. She's hoping for the mother to die, and, you know, then eventually she'll be free to marry because anybody would be the wrong person. And I don't know if the mother has financial control. She's holding an inheritance or anything over her head, but uh, then he can't expect to inherit anything from the mother. This is the kind of person that often if you stand up to the mother and you say, look, I love him, I'm marrying him, the mother might not come to the wedding. (laughs) But eventually she'll come around because she doesn't want to lose what looks like her only daughter. However, until that day, there's no such thing as permission to be independent. 
And it's no accident that this 30-year-old found a man 16 years old that she's used to somewhat of a parental figure mm, telling her what point. to do. She's had to be so passive just to survive around her mother. And, you know, she's behaving like, like a 15-year-old kid that's saying, look, my parents won't let me see you, you know, maybe when we get older. But uh, she, she's free to disobey her mother and, and to do what's right. And And if she doesn't see that, then... He's going to have to either wait around till till the mother passes away, which might not happen for a long time, and accept that he has a very passive wife that can't stand up to anybody. So when they have kids, it's going to be the same thing. He he'll have to do all the dirty work, or she should go for some counseling alone, and probably the counselor will tell her if they're any good. Well, I'm telling her. Right, and I, I do feel that she does need I. I counseling to be able to get the strength to even stand up to her mom because I I can't tell you how heavy and how pressured her energy is coming through and and Fred didn't even give us a name so if I had the name her name I'd probably even be picking up more but um, you know if she feels so overwhelmed with this that she really can't deal with it anymore that she's willing to let him go just not to have the pressure from her mom but the only person who really is you know, allowing her mom to pressure her is like Dr. Jean said, you know, this this 30-year-old woman, she's allowing it. So I do feel the counseling would help her. Um, for, for Fred, though, I feel his best bet right now is to walk away. I don't feel, um, I'm not saying that somebody can't get better, but I don't feel she's ready to resist her mom. And I feel he's setting himself up for heartache and an emotional roller coaster ride, putting himself in a position to just be friends with her or sit around waiting. Nobody hopes that the mother would die or anything like that, but sitting around waiting until one day she passes on. Because then I feel this woman's going to be in a different frame of mind and she's still not going to be ready to jump into the relationship. She's going to be honoring her mother's wishes even when her mother is passed on. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, yeah. a, a loving mother should want her daughter to be happy and to get married. Exactly. And, and not to just be with her forever because then when she passes on, what is the daughter going to have? You're right. You're absolutely right. But that just shows how much of a controlling relationship this is. And I, I could tell you without even knowing what this, this 30-year-old woman's um, name is, that this is not the only thing that her mom controls her with. Um, you know, and I just feel she's kind of learned that it's not worth the the time, effort, and aggravation, you know, arguing or, or, or resisting her mom because it gets her nowhere. So I feel that's, that's why she, she was three but not a 30, and I think she's still behaving like she behaved when she was young because you don't start controlling a woman when she's 30. Her mother started from the day she was born. Oh, I agree. Absolutely, but she you're has right. To realize that now, even though it might not have been practical when she was a child, now it will get her somewhere. Right, and see, the thing of it is, it's not the the, the thirty year old woman writing us; it's the guy who's involved. Because truly, yeah. the thirty year old woman, I don't feel sees the severity of the problem. No. You know, I really, really don't. I mean, she, you know, what thirty year old is going to listen to mommy who's saying, you know, you can't see a guy. Exactly. So, so bottom line, Fred, we can't tell you if this is the right woman for you or not, but I do feel 
um, the problem isn't going to magically get better on its, uh, his, on its own. Even if the mother does eventually pass away, I do feel this woman is not going to be in a position to just, um, you know, come running into your arms. She may eventually get it because my gut feeling is that um, when her mother eventually does pass on, she's going to realize that she's all alone and she's going to have a lot of regrets with things. So eventually she may reach out to you, you know, if you're still available, um, you know, there, there, you know, there, there's potential here. But right now, um, I'm feeling the best thing for you is to be able to pick up the pieces and move on because as long as her mother's alive or as long as she allows her mother to control her, regardless if her mother's alive or not, um, I don't see much future in this relationship. Well, thank you guys very much for sending in your questions. Uh, again, uh, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo will be choosing two questions each week to answer live on the air. So send your questions into mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. That's mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. So the phone lines are open. Call, uh, Please call in. And I do not have access to the board, unfortunately. So we're going to have a uh, special guest second week in a row taking on the calls uh, if she is on the air. Uh I hope she Paula. Is. Paula. Hi, Paula. Is Paula with us? She's been so quiet. Did she just join us? Pa- Paula's been screening calls. She must be in a in a room. Um, uh, oh wait, no, she's having problems with the switchboard. She just let me know. Um, let me see where she is. Paula, you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi, there she is. Okay, um, our first caller is Marina, and she has she has recently got a job offer, and she would like to get your opinion on that. Um, okay, we've been having some switchboard problems, so I'm going to try and put her through and put her live on the air. So just one second. Okay. If you can't do it, I could do it from here. Okay. Give that a try. Number five. Okay. I don't know what's going on, but Marina. Hello. Hi, Marina. Hi, Marina. How are you? Oh, hello. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody first. And the thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. <laughs> thank you. And uh, I have a question for Lady Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Um, I received. Uh, very tempting job offer. It came all kind of unexpectedly, and mainly this would be doing primarily cardiology consults like I was doing before. Mm-hmm. But for that, I probably would. It, it is a data city. It's commute probably one and a half or one hour and 15 minutes one way. So it might require, if I take the offer, it might require moving partially at least to the other location. It's uh, in the capital of North Carolina, Raleigh. Mm. So, and I'm, uh, I'm in a, somewhere in the air. I do not know. Would it be something 
that really, truly I will enjoy. And it's kind of risk involved with that, and it's worth that risk. Or it will be just uh, something that I might regret in the future that I've done it. Well, it doesn't feel to me that it's going to be something that you would regret. However, that being said, I don't feel you're ready at this point to start, you know, packing things up and moving, and I don't feel a lot of um, gusto in your energy to do this hour-plus commute each way. But I do feel a really strong potential of you liking this job and being very happy doing it. And to me, it feels like a, a, a very, very decent amount of money. I mean, oh, very yes. decent amount. Yes. You know, you like that way that more I, than what, to me it feels significantly more. And I know you made an increase when you did the last yes. uh, career change, but it feels to me yet another increase, significant yes. increase. Yes, he put a big email with all the numbers and everything, and he said you can easily do six figures. Easily, oh, if good. you want it, and if you would uh, really consider staying a couple nights a week in Raleigh. Oh, this sounds a little, I, I don't like it, that, you know, you get so much for so little. Some, it sounds too good to be true, and, and just my non-psychic, uh, skeptical sense is that when it sounds too good to be true, it is. Well, no, no, Marina it will is be a... four days. It will be four days in Raleigh. It's if I travel there on Monday, stay overnight, Tuesday, and spend day on Tuesday, and then I'll come back Tuesday night to Greensboro, spend here Wednesday, and then in the morning on Thursday I will again travel there and come back Friday. So it's four working days on average, right. seeing somewhere forty-five. 48 patients a week. Mm. Let me just uh, explain a little bit to Dr. Jean. Marina is a long-time client of mine, and she's called in here before, and she's in health care. And when I guided her to make a career change, what, two years ago? Year, a little more than a year ago, but oh, okay. two years they were chasing that, me. Right, but, and, yeah. um, and she made a nice... Uh, increase in salary and she's almost at that six figure number right now. So this oh. will to me to me it still feels that it's going to take you into nicely into the six figures. It does. It doesn't feel it feels to me to be a greater than five because I think another five thousand dollars will t- take you into the six figures, right? Yeah, somewhere like around, around maybe another seven. Okay, so she's, she's close to it. I mean, to me, it feels like she's going to be significantly into the the six figures. Um, I mean, she's a, a phys- she actually is a physician from her own country. But I, I, mean, I got that sense when she was talking about patients. Yeah, and that's good. You know, it's wonderful. Uh, so yeah. she's already close to it, and she'll join the six figure club now, as physicians should. Doesn't always happen, but that should happen. Yeah, but the, the thing with him was that he immediately said, I need you as a consultant to do the cardiology consults and maybe periodically here or there to fill in for the internal medicine. I I kind of checked. I saw your resume. I, it was an initial phone call from him, like he already knows me, which I was a little shocked. But then another email, and then we met in person, and right after we met, 
the very next day came a big email with the offer, with all the numbers, everything, and it's even the bonus of 20% if you make a year more than 250000 if you want a base salary, or 25% if you make around 300000 If you don't want to work on the base salary and bonus, then I'll give you the same like a physician salary. It will be uh, just through productivity. So whatever you see, it's yours, minus some kind of other expenses. But, you know, it all sounds too good, and I got a little scared to the point that I may even, um, no, it, it requires a significant change of the dynamic of my family life. And, right. Uh, right I mean, now what I'm most concerned about is the travel for you, and I don't feel you're ready to move. You just don't have, it's yeah. like, I know you personally, but yeah. it's like, you know, I, I still, I can know people and still feel that, ah, you know, they're, they're gun ho and ready for this one. And if it, if it involves, you know, moving, you know, um, in two months or whatever, they'd be gun ho and ready to do it. I don't feel that in your energy. I don't feel a desire for you to pick up your life right now and start over somewhere else. I just don't. Yeah. But that being said, to me, um, I'm not fully buying into a lot of these numbers that he's throwing out. I really am not. I, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't, it's not ringing true to me. I feel potential here, yes, big potential for you, significantly more than what you're making right now. I feel you would be a hell of a uh, excuse me, a heck of a lot um, uh, happier than you are in your current position. Mm-hmm. And I do feel a higher level of, um, respect for you than what you're getting in your current position. So yeah. this is one of those kinds of things where I can't tell you what to do. The only thing I could tell you is because mm-hmm. that's free choice is something you you know you have to make your own choices because um, you just have to. I mean that's the way life goes. I can't Absolutely. take out your karma and do things, but I can tell you that if you choose to do this, the o- and not move, the only the only downside of this is you will. It will take a toll on you health-wise. I mean, it it just will. I I can see this really. Certain people could do the hour and a half or whatever it is and not even blink an eye. And I've done it for a long time going into New York, and it it hasn't phased me one bit. Um, But I don't feel that in your energy. I feel it will wear you down, and it will affect your performance and your home life. It really will. If you choose to move, I feel... um, you you actually it just feels to me you're going to take months until you get to that point you know it's sort of like out of sheer exhaustion and and you would if you choose to move I feel everything would work fine with it I'm not feeling mm-hmm. it would be a bad thing for you to do at all I'm almost seeing no way that this is not going to that this could not work out good for you I actually mm-hmm. have a good feeling I know Dr Jean doesn't but I do I actually have a very good feeling about this for you because well you know better than I do so you know. I'll have to defer to you. I, I just thought that this offer was from somebody out of the blue, and, and it sounded a little bit too good to be true, but now it, it makes sense that it's not. Yeah. Well, right. I don't believe the numbers. I don't believe the numbers. He's a representative officer of the company and founder of the company uh, together with his wife. They're both physicians. They employ 35 physicians and a number of physician extenders. And this is the company doctor making house calls. 
it's a little different company. Oh. It's a new trend. It is a totally, it's a new yes. trend in healthcare right now. And uh, the I I see the future for that. Mm. For yeah, the, low overhead too. For I the mean, new trend, but you're right in terms of the commuting and Fred too is very 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 apprehensive about the commuting, and he said right. we need to find a location for you there, so you can really be comfortable, spend a couple nights there, so you don't need to travel uh, this every day travel only but twice see, a but week. See, you're going to be making a increase in salary. So if you could even stay over, at least at the beginning, at a motel, you know, yeah. uh, well, make an arrangement thought. with a hotel, um, you know, a nice hotel where you're yes. comfortable and do, you know, your Monday night into Tuesday there and then your Wednesday into Thursday, whatever the days were. Yes, a couple of nights in hotel. And at least do that for a couple of months and you'll see that you're happy with the job and that, you're getting the respect that you deserve and that all this other stuff is falling into place for you. And then I feel you're going to be in a whole different perspective where you're going to feel a lot more motivated to make the move. I feel what you're afraid of right now is picking up everything and moving into a new environment and then being unhappy in that environment. No, no, no. This this I will not do up until I put my feet in that water and see right. what it is Understood. about. Right, and because, that's exactly what I said. I don't yeah. feel you're ready to do that until yeah. you know that this is the right job for you. Exactly, exactly. because it, it would involve selling house here, purchasing another one there, and with nowadays market, it's not that easy. Right. Right, no, and the more importantly is that you bought how many years ago when real estate was much higher. Yeah. You're, you're going to be hard-pressed to sell right now yes. and get a good amount of money yes. for it. So exactly. if, if the dollars add up, that you can add that expense. And in reality, the wear and tear that it would be on your car and the time factor mm-hmm. of doing the travel back and forth, you know, it would probably and it would save you everything if you can just spend the X amount of dollars per night. You know, yeah. at least spend two nights there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it will make your. I I feel you'd like it. I honestly feel um, this is something I really want you to consider. I really yeah. truly do. If you can find the way to work it out, comfortable yeah. with with spending a night, you know, at a motel, or you might eventually be able to work out a different arrangement where you, you know, I don't know, could get a place or share a place for a couple yes. of nights, you know, a, a week or something like that with yes. other, um, you know, people in a similar position than you. Sure. There might even be one other person or more that yeah. are looking for a roommate, you know, for two nights a week yeah. or something like that. So you might find something that works where you don't have to sell right now. My concern for you right now is is selling your your place and, Mm-hmm. Making enough money out of it, it just feels like a lot of a lot of overhead that I don't feel you're ready to do. But exactly, could, it might be overwhelming at the beginning. Right. It kind of initially, and that's what it was like yesterday. I was sitting like, ah, oh, how to do this all? But then I thought it's a couple nights, spending a couple nights there, and it might be a big relief and have a day here during the mm-hmm. week and then weekend right. here kind of helps me to sort these family issues with my mother and uh, my own other personal things. Right. So this this probably will be easy. It's just kind of was scary all the 
trust, to know that respect all of a sudden. But I know where it came from. He saw my resume on the professional site, and he was looking for someone who exactly would do the, for them the cardiology job. But <laughs> I, it's to the point that I got scared. Would I be able to stand up uh, to their expectations? Yeah. Oh, I feel you will. I really, really do. And as as you're saying all this, I remembered that you did send me an email and asked to talk to me. So I apologize. I've just been so busy for the holidays. Yeah, I understand. Um, it, it's been crazy here too. My mother fell and broke her hand. We're expecting uh, the surgery now uh, on Thursday. So it's been totally, totally crazy around here. But oh, by the way, one second, one more second, uh, Jill. It's just. Lady Fontaine. I apologize. I apologize, (laughs) Lady Fontaine. We just started like this, Lady Fontaine. I apologize. Yes, and uh, like you said before, that my son would not get admitted anywhere in North Carolina. You just don't see it. Yes, he did not make an admission to Chapel Hill and to East Carolina. Sorry. So yeah, but this is <laughs> this is the way you kind of foreseen it. But we're still waiting for other places. I do feel, and I don't remember the universities that I mentioned or the colleges that I mentioned that yeah. I did feel for him. But I know he's going to get accepted. I do know he will. It just didn't okay. feel to me it would be local to where you lived. Yeah, lo- it's local already. Not and GW also uh, we got a rejection, but we still have Temple, we still have other places and New York, but I hope something will go will go through. So and he. Well, I do feel I do feel he will get accepted. I think I told you at one or two you yes. know schools. I did yes, feel yes, that yes. it just didn't feel like it was in your area. Yeah. Those schools. It felt more yeah. in my area, so my gut feeling is that it will either be Philly or New York or something like that where he will get accepted. Okay, okay. then he will step by to your place with right. The I was going to say I'll have to be his. I'll have to be his uh, his surrogate mother for a while. <laughs> very welcome here. He could stay as long as he can deal with the dogs. He can he can come visit. Oh yeah, he loves them. <laughs> okay, that, yes. that works for me then. Yes. Thank you very much. And whatever the You're very, very welcome of this job is, I will let you know. Right. Let and me my know. I feel admit. very good about it. And you know I wouldn't steer you in the wrong direction. But oh, I yes. honestly feel this is a very good opportunity for you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. All mm-hmm. right. Good luck to you, Marina. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Okay. Paula, do we still have you here? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> okay, and I think um, that there is another caller. There is one more caller. Um, it looks like two calls may have been dropped by the system. So I just uh. want to say, since there is some time, Tim, you know, if the system dropped you, feel free to call back, and we'll try to um, take your call. And uh, you as well, Ada, if you can hear me. So, But other than that, I do have Val. She okay. um, has questions about a love interest. She's oh. online, too. Okay. Hi, Val. Let me just unmute you. Val, hi. Hi, hi. happy new you? year. Happy new year to you as well. Thank you very, very much. Um, oh, our can pleasure. I say, uh, can I say something real quick? I heard your mailbag questions earlier, yes. and I thought they were great questions. But can I just say one thing? Yes. If I may? 
Okay. Mm-hmm. About the girl who, you know, partner 50-50 and she can't do it. Yes, I, yes. I think usually if I got into a relationship and somebody wanted to look at something, an apartment or move in, I'd say, I can't afford it. Are you willing to pay X amount before we move yeah. in? Or right. I, if we're right. going on vacation, I don't would. care. I mean, that's sensible. You, assertive, you know, and it sounds like she wasn't so upfront about that in the beginning. She just kind of let him make the decisions and said, oh, I can't afford it. And, I mean, you would kind of come to that agreement, I think, before you would move in with somebody or say, we're going on vacation. Oh, geez, I can't swing it right now. Are you paying for it? So, you know, I think it's partially her fault. I mean, and I don't mean it in a mean way. No, I understand. But that's just kind of what I was thinking, too. You kind of agree on it before you went and did it. Right. And when you say that, I feel in her energy that she was kind of starstruck and just made assumptions that it was going to be a fair, um, you know, uh, distribution of, you know, funds where it turned out not to be. But I agree with you. If she had set up front, if she defined her boundaries clearly yeah. up front, they might either, he would have walked away or they may be in a different situation. Right. So that's a really he, good point. He could have said, okay, I understand. I love you. I'll pay a little more or too bad. And then you would have thought exactly. that he was arrogant and, you know. But um, And if you're listening, whoever you are, no offense. Um, but what I am calling in about, and I talked to you a while back, and it's been, huh, it's been, I don't know how to explain it, but it is about a, a guy named Jeff. And I'm just kind of wondering what you see going on, you know, at this point. All right. I will definitely answer your question, but for radio, we like a little bit of background, and Dr. Jean is not a psychic, so if you can <laughs> give a little bit of background. If you don't want me to listen, I won't. I already, ha- I already have answers for you, but it's radio, so give us a little idea of what's going on. Um. Well, I mean, I've known him for a long time. We were together, and then, you know, it was kind of a little crazy, and then... Uh, I I feel like when I talk to him, we're not together right now, and I guess it's love-hate, but I guess when I'm talking to him, and I always say this to him, and I know him better than anybody, I, you know, you have some friends who say, oh, what you're doing is okay, even if it's really not, but they're your friends and they think that's what you want to hear and you need to hear, oh, you're fine, it's okay, keep going along. And I'm very truthful with him, like, you need to do this, you need, I mean, and some people don't want to hear that either. But, you know, you're a great person. Go fix this about yourself. You know, you have issues from way back when. And you can shine if you just do this. You know, I know you cry. I know this. I know that. And I think sometimes my realization of things, he, he, you know when you hear somebody and you know it makes sense, mm-hmm. but you're just pissy about it. Excuse the expression. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't, I feel like it's a love-hate thing. I don't know what, you know, some days I well, don't know what. See, I feel, I hear what you're saying, and I'll be curious to see what Dr. Jean says about the love-hate situation. In energy, what it feels like is a lot of hurt and a lot of disappointment that just is turned into a great sensitivity. That's the way it feels to me. But, um, you know, I I still feel and you're going to shake your head no and say, no, it's not so right now, but in an openness, not an open heart, but an openness in your heart for him and vice versa. 
you know, Jeff, with you as well. Um, it doesn't feel to me that you guys have fully run your course, and I do feel a gravitational pull towards each other. So it, it almost feels, um, you know, like a codependency to me, uh, you know, an energy more so than anything, which may tie into the love-hate, you know, relationship. But it feels bigger or different to me than traditional love-hate. It feels like, honestly, so much hurt and so much disappointment with this guy in the past that, you know, you just feel, like, super sensitive to him and, and his actions. Because, honestly, it feels to me what caused you to be super hurt doesn't feel like it's changed. I feel so many disappointments with this guy. Did he disappoint you tremendously in this relationship? Because it feels like... Um, you know, uh, not follow, lack of follow through with him, like fault, you know, false promises, him promising well, this, promising that, and not delivering on anything. Not really, because I will say this: when we lived together, he was. We lived, we dated a short time. We moved in, lived together for a couple of years. I was very insecure, so every other day I was accusing him, and he would have never cheated on me. He was great to me. He. Uh, he was, you know, can't come home with one thing, has to come home with two. There's two people here. He was, you know, didn't, didn't, he wasn't the type 50-50. He's like, worry about, you know, your own money with your own bills, and I'll take care of everything else. He was wonderful. He sounds like a real gentleman, and you were afraid of losing him. That's why you were so insecure. And if you accuse somebody of cheating enough, there's more chance they're going to do it. Yeah. Well, he never cheated, but, you know, I said I'm walking out so many times. Finally, somebody's going to say, okay, go, you know, and I don't blame them, and I realize this many years later, but we're still intertwined here and there, and I, I know he knows as much as he hates to admit it. I know him better than anybody, and, you know, I I adore the guy, but I also genuinely, as a person, forget the love, care and worry about him more than anything. I just want to see him on a good path. I mean, he's not, like, self-destructive as far as drugs or alcohol, nothing like that, but just in a lot of other ways. And I just worry so much. And I know I'm truthful with him about a lot of things about himself. And like I said, I feel he hears it in his heart, but he's mad at me for saying it. So so your question is what? Where should we look into this or what should we, you know, where do you need the help and advice? Okay, well, the... I guess I'm wondering if you see us ever working things out to really make it because, you know, I I just feel with all the intertwinement after so long, if we were not going to be together at all and being that I'm in another locate complete different state, it would have been long gone. Well, I'm not feeling, like I I said before, I don't feel, Val, that you guys have fully run your course. So I'm feeling, and I do feel the, the way you guys are intertwined big time. And, you know, when you said no, that I wasn't right about the false promises and the disappointment and everything, I wonder if I'm, re- I'm reading his energy rather than yours with that. And I'm not saying you gave the false promises, but certainly the disappointment. Um, because it still lingers so strong in the energy around the two of you, and it it shows itself as being um, the cause. Where you, you were talking about the love hate, it just shows itself to me to be hurt rather than love hate. 
So, um, you know, I'm wondering if, indeed, I'm reading his energy. Sometimes it gets murky and it's hard for me to really decipher who's who. But I don't feel that you guys um, are going to drift further apart. I do feel um, what feels to me to be um, a lot of distractions in his life. I feel a lot of stuff going on with him financially and career-wise, which is interesting, um, and in a good and a, and a not-so-good way. I feel um, it, it almost feels to me that he's got um, – does he have his own business or is he heading up some 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 department or corporation or something like that? Because it feels like a, a very highly responsible position that he well, has. Well, he works for the state, and he's worked there for like 20-something years. Mm-hmm. And he has a good job. It's very solid. And mm-hmm. – um, He's not in a high position. He's worked his way up. I mean, it's not a high, you know, position. But he does he does decent for himself. I can't say he doesn't. Does he manage though a bunch of people? Because he feels he feels kind of like he's in a okay. Because it feels like a, such a high pressure job for him. But it doesn't sound like it the way you're saying. Are you in that kind of position? Being a very, no. very are you a manager? No, I am a reader. Okay, because I, I was just curious if I was picking up your energy rather than his in that particular situation. Um, he must take work extremely seriously, and it must be um, such so deeply ingrained into who he is um, because it shows itself as being such a primary, because it almost feels to me that he's up for even something bigger right now. That's why I said there feels to me that to be good in what I'm feeling around job and business for him. I feel the pressure and I feel the responsibility, but I feel increase coming for him. And in this economy and, you know, this day and age with everybody doing cutbacks and everything like that, I mean, maybe state or government or something, you know, there people are still moving people ahead, but it feels to me greater potential for him in business and career. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're aware of any changes that are going to be coming up, um, you know, for him or if he's even aware. But something big is going to be coming up for him in 2011, and it feels to me early part of 2011. Um, and regarding the relationship, I feel, you know, it, it almost feels to me all the two of you have to do is open that door, and I feel you both have that willingness. Like I said, I feel an open, not an open heart, but an, an open willingness in the heart for both of you, just as you said that he's such an important person in your life and, you know, you know him better than anybody else, I feel the same thing applies for him, that he considers you to be, you know, an extremely important person in his life. I feel he shut down in, in, a, in a grandiose way in the relationship with you but still has that open heart with you. It's sort of like, you know, after a while how much – you know, how many times does he need to be accused of cheating or not trusted? So a part of him shut down, but I still feel the bond and and the openness in his heart with you. It's almost like if you guys had, and I don't mean you don't have intelligent conversations, but if you had a real intelligent approach to um, romance, because it almost feels to me any time you go in that romance direction, it doesn't feel grounded. So if you reapproached it with him in any way, shape, or form in a grounded, you know, more mature way, I should say, um, I, I feel receptivity on both of your parts. feels to me it would be slow moving, 
Um, but it's certainly there. I do want to say, is he in another relationship? Because I'm feeling another female around him, and I'm trying to sort out who this is. Okay, let me say this. Her energy is around him. While, you know, we've been apart, Mm -hmm. and it's been a crazy on and off, like I said, there was a girl that he was involved with, and... Did they have a child together? No, no, no. She had two children of her own. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's nice. I know he's very hurt over that. Mm. Very hurt over that. Like, you know, and I, you know, I kind of am trying to help him through it, but by the same token, right now he doesn't want to hear anything. Well, he doesn't want to hear anything what regarding anything that negative or, about her. Right. I mean, just in right. general. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You should be, if you're going to help him through this, um, be concerned about him and how he feels. And well, I'm going to let Dr. Jean help you with that one. But how he feels about things. And don't say anything negative about her. Make it not about her, but about him. Because this is the ideal time for you to actually sort of reestablish that bond in a mature way with him that will give him that sense of um, being able to rely on you and that sense of surety and assurity, um, you know, in the relationship. But, Dr. Jean, what do you feel about yeah. that? And especially it now. It like she's got a second chance, but you've got to show him that somehow you've gotten over the jealousy or the questioning or, you know, the unfounded suspicions that because once you start showing signs that you're still the same person with the negative traits that, that pushed him away, he's going to remember. A lot of that probably now is in the back of his mind. Right. But you have to be careful not to not to reactivate the negative memories because when you don't see somebody for a while, you tend to forget the bad and you remember the good. But as soon as you see them again, it's like the bad starts hitting you in the face and then you want to pull away. That's what we call approach avoidance. When you're far away, they look good. When you're near, they look bad. So you've got to not show them those bad sides again. You, you you know, you've got to have somehow get them under control. I mean, for your own sake, whether you're with him or alone or with someone else, these aren't good things. And you realize now that they weren't based on reality. They were based on insecurity. Right, so somehow exactly. you can't let that come out again or you're going to push him away again. And he'll start right. to remember the negatives and you don't want him to do that. Right, even with the situation with this other woman and and trying to help him through it, be careful what you say because you don't want to make any reference to her or how she hurt him because he's still still dealing, and we're almost out of time, but he's still dealing with the hurt from that. So what he needs is it's okay, and I know how, you know, or tell me how you feel, or I understand, rather than, oh, she was this terrible person because that's going to make him repel from you because it's going to trigger all those old things that he felt in the past. Okay, okay. And let me just real quick, I sent him a very heartfelt email tonight just explaining a lot of things and saying that, you know, why he could do much better. I mean, not much better as far as women, but for himself and shine. Do you think he will read it and take something from it? I do feel he's going to read it, but he's not ready to hear it. And and be careful, again, what you say about her or how he can do and better or whatever. Right. There was you no know, reference just, to her. Okay. Um, I, 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 I'm just not feeling he's fully ready to embrace 
everything that you said, but I certainly do feel he'll read it. Okay. That's at least good enough for me. All right. And, and, and I don't feel that door is closed at all. Just with him, you have, like Dr. Jean was saying, just be very aware of what you say and how you say it to him because this is a chance for you to shine. Okay. I thank you all both right? very, very much. You're very, very welcome. Keep us posted. Let us know uh, how it works out. I will. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we are out of time, but I just wanted to thank everybody again, to thank all the listeners and the callers. I'm sorry again for any technical issues that were going on in the switchboard. We're going to contact Blog Talk Radio again and try to figure out what's going on. But to our listeners and callers, thank you. Happy New Year. You've made the show a success. Um, You're truly what makes the show interesting and why we do the show each week. Um, We had great callers tonight with great questions. We had great mailbag questions. And I wish you all a very wonderful, healthy, and happy and prosperous New Year. Thank you also to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Zellman must still be on her cruise, so we'll be anxious to hear from her when she gets back. And special thanks to Paula Beck, who did a great job screening calls tonight, helping us with the switchboard and also helping us with the calls. We'll have to figure out what was going on with Frank's switchboard and why he couldn't get on. But many blessings to each of you, and I am gratitude to all of you. Have a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences that honor you. And paranormal enthusiasts who have been waiting to see the Beyond Haunted um, premiere tomorrow night, well, you're not going to see it. Um, unfortunately, the network execs have told us that they're delaying the premiere of the network, not just our show, but the network for a couple of months. Um, the new launch date for the network is Wednesday, March 2nd, and that's also right now scheduled to be the premiere of our show. But stay tuned. Look for us on Facebook or look for our website, beyondhauntedtv.com or beyondhaunted.tv. Um, we'll keep you updated with all the latest. We've got a few really exciting um, things coming up with the, with the show as well, so we'll keep you posted. But for right now, if you tune in tomorrow, you're not going to see us. The new premiere date is scheduled right now for March 2nd. So um, good night, everyone, and we hope to see you back here next week. And remember to reclaim you. We're here to honor and support you and provide you with the guidance you need to aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all.